Yesterday got heavy. I gave a lot of personal information and how God has had a heavy influence in my life. Oh yeah, running had something to do with the podcast yesterday. That's because I believe God wants me to run, and my injuries were his little way of saying, fix your writing, dumbass. Here's a book. And I saw the book, I listened to him, I grabbed the book at that airport in Washington or Virginia or wherever it was. So let's talk about the book and talk about the shoes and talk about why I was so emotional yesterday. This is Gene and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. So this is part two of my running rant and today we are going to talk not really about running, but about physiology. The physiology specifically of the feet and ankles. Um, when we're going to talk about the different, sh- then we're going to talk about like the different shoes and that I've been experimenting with, and uh, including no shoes. The final pair of shoes I was given was what actually touched me. And I'm going to have to give a call out. Uh, I know there's a lot going on now. Uh, Trump is in this, quote, scandal, end quote, and he's going to get impeached. There's no question that's going to happen. We'll talk about that next week now that all the paper is out. Uh, apparently, President released everything, so I don't think there's going to be a lot of information missed here. Honestly, this is all nothing to me. I, I, I was expecting Trump to be impeached two years ago, but, you know, it didn't happen, so it's happening now. And I really could care less. And the other problem we have here is that I've got to follow the Dave rule and keep this in 30 minutes. Now, I was going over my notes, and I, I realized there's going to be, it's going to be really hard to keep this in 30 minutes. So we may have a part three about this running thing. Unless something really bizarre happens in the next day, I'd probably release it tomorrow. So we'll see what happens. So I told you about my running Bible, uh, which is a book called Born to Run by Christopher McDougall. The book is a true story about four people meeting a hermit tribe in the jungles of Mexico to run in an ultra-marathon against the Tarahumara Indians, a group who's been known to be able to run extreme distances without shoes. Basically, they, they run in whatever they can find, mostly tire tread and string and rope. Uh, they wore handmade, handmade sandals, most of them, called haraches. This is a true story. It's it's not made up. They Tarahumara still live there. Um, they were the four people in the United States were invited by some by basically a hermit in southern Mexico, and it turns out he really wasn't. Uh, he was actually went back and forth between Mexico. So the book wasn't completely accurate. Uh, as far as the book goes, it was pretty easy to read. It was not a difficult read. It was only a few, uh, maybe maybe less than 300 pages. So it was a good read, but it was horribly interesting. 
Uh, I'm actually going to publish on dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I'm going to publish, I, I did a review of the book a long time ago on a completely different site. So we're going to, I'm going to actually publish that and you can read it if you'd like. Uh, but the book was so much more than just the story of these five individuals and the Tarahumaras. Um, it went through the history of running. From sustenance running, which was done in Africa, where a man would actually chase an antelope, where a group of men would actually chase an antelope until the antelope became exhausted and basically either died or passed out. Uh, through uh, the actual marathon, the first marathon, which is a, a guy running from Marathon to Athens, which wasn't actually 26.3. I'm going to have to look that up, why they came up with that. It was just a little bit over 20 miles, and the guy walked in and then handed the king or emperor, whatever it is, the result of the war and then passed out and died actually he didn't he was fine they he handed it back the emperor gave him something else he ran back so it was but that's not the point the point is people were running really extreme distances a long time ago and they stopped doing it what happened first off i say ultra marathon um ultra marathon is anything over 26.2 miles. That's the, the length of a marathon. Um, a marath a ultramarathon can be 28 miles. The common distances with an ultramarathon are between a 50K, which is 32.1 miles, a 100K, which is 62.2 miles, a 50-miler, and, of course, the Golden Grail, is 100 miles but they go far longer than that um, some some races go 150 135 they can go to 240 miles they can go very long so that's an ultra anything over 26.2 so if you ran a marathon i got news for you you can do better the talks about how we as humans were made to run long distances at a slow pace because most animals are actually faster. That's what this book's about. And we were made to run for survival purposes. We weren't made to sprint from the cheetah. That wasn't going to happen. But we were made to run. And it worked. There are over 7 billion people in the world right now. So apparently running very long and very slow is has worked the book focused on the physiology of the feet now it did talk about other physiological um, differences between us and animals it, it really did and for example we have a stripe on the back of our in the back of our skull that allows us to keep our heads up. And that's that little strip, that little ligament, is what makes it that we can run really, really, really long distances. Whereas a cheetah, yeah, it can run 60 miles an hour, but it can run for only a couple of seconds and it's got to stop or it's going to actually asphyxiate. It's going to lose air. 
Okay. Um, the reason that's important is because our heads, when we run, are kept up and we can breathe. Whereas a cheetah that's doing 60 miles an hour is actually not breathing while it's doing 60 miles an hour. Most sprinters are the same way. So if you see Hussein Bolt, who's running a 200 and a 100 meter race, he is actually probably not breathing much in that 20, 10 to 20 seconds. He's, he's just not breathing. And animals are the same way. And that's where subsistence running comes into play. Subsistence running, subsistence running, is the process where a tribe will get together, and that could be four to five people, and they will see an antelope, and they will follow the antelope. They will actually run after the antelope, and the antelope, of course, will run away, and the antelope's going to be a lot faster, and it'll run, and it'll stop, but the tribe has continued to run after the antelope eventually the antelope can't run anymore it's just it's it's put way too much energy into sprinting away from the tribe the antelope will either pass out or die and then these guys have their uh, dinner for the night that's subsistence running that still is practiced in Africa especially South Africa there are groups of people that actually perform subsistence running really interesting stuff I mean uh, it's great, but here's the problem. We don't do that with the way we, quote, run today. The book talks about how we as humans were made to run long distances at a very slow pace. And, and, and what happened? Why did we stop? What created this big problem? The modern runners, the hippies of running, of which I am one, believe that the foot was never meant to be in a shoe. And that's where the physiology comes into play. These foot coffins, which are shoes, have only been made to weaken our feet, which leads to injury, made us and made us run in a way that messed up our form which is going to be called a gait which leads to injury shoe companies like nike only made things worse and i'm going to point specifically to nike because i hate nike they're an absolutely evil company so we're going to have to <laughs> you're going to have to give me a break when it comes to Nike. I know a lot of you like Nike, but uh, I I'm sure half of you are actually listening to Nike, wearing Nike right now. But I cannot stand Nike. Business, their business practices are very iffy. I mean, this is a company that has sweatshops in China. Uh, this is a company that doesn't actually hold my values. I mean, the whole Colin Cap signing Colin Kaepernick thing really bothers me. The whole thing where they had a merit shoes with the uh, stars and stripes during the Fourth of July. They got rid of them because people were getting all upset. I, I just I can't stand them. And then and then the fact that this is a company that uh, really damaged people. They damaged the running profession. It took me almost 
20 years to figure out how to run uh, because I was so stuck on Nike shoes. And there were a couple pairs of shoes that were very good. But, and even Nike knows it. Nike changed their entire running shoe lineup. Um, they changed, now they have a lot of zero drop shoes. They understand what's going on. Um, but this is, this is a company that just is just an absolutely terrible company. Anyway, uh, shoes are bad for your feet. Essentially, they, they are holding everything in place. They're holding your toes in place. They're holding your ankle in place. They, they call that ankle stability. That's not good because suddenly your Achilles and your ankle muscles, your ligaments and tendons aren't actually getting the exercise they need. Same with your toes. Uh, if you go to uh, places in Mexico where they walk barefoot all the time and they walk barefoot all the time, you can actually see people pick things up with their toes. Our toes are amazing things. People without arms can actually live a life simply by being able to use their feet. They can write. They can pick things up. They can use a computer. I mean, it, it's it's amazing what you can actually do with your feet, and no one seems to no one seems to understand that. And we still continually lock our our feet down. Um. So why is why is it we we talk? I I mentioned a drop, zero drop. What is a drop? Uh, a drop is the difference in height between your toes and your heel. Uh, typically in a running shoe, is it's measured by millimeter. But to give a good example, just to, to give a broad example, um, look at six-inch heels. That's those heels that women, those shoes, dress shoes that women wear when they're at work or they're going out to a party. That's a shoe that has a six-inch drop. That's an extreme drop. So you can see where you can see if you ever watch a woman who's walking around, uh, you'll notice she doesn't really have a good stride. She actually has to land not on the ball of her feet, which is okay, but she usually lands right on her her tippy toes. You can't go heel to toe. When you're dealing with a running shoe, it's the same thing. If you deal with and let's say an eight millimeter drop, which is what a lot of shoes were. Uh, back in the 2000s and earlier, um, y it forces you to change your gait. It forces you to change how you actually, how your foot actually lands on the ground. In this case, what I was taught, it was always heels to toe, heel to toe, heel to toe. Heel to toe is actually a really, really bad way to run. Um, heel to toe puts a lot of pressure on your ankles on your knees, on your hips, and on your lower back. I'm sorry, in your shins. A lot of people get shin splints when they start running. Shin splints are usually from a bad gait. How a person should be landing is actually um, is from the ball of your foot, your heel touches, and then you push back off of your the ball of your feet. How do I know this? How do we know this? Go out to a park, find yourself a nice grassy area, and run barefoot. You can't run barefoot heel to toe because it'll actually hurt you and you will feel it. There's the reason right there. People actually, when they run barefoot, run in a certain way. Also, the heel to toe thing forces us to overstride. 
your legs should never really go much beyond your hip. But if you look, if you look at, at inexperienced runners and they start sprinting, they, their legs end up way in front of them so they can get the heel down first. And then they roll the foot and then they push off with the ball of the foot. Here's the big, that's a big problem because one, it puts far more stress on the body. And the other reason is because you're actually stopping yourself every time you do the heel to toe thing. So imagine if you put your foot up, you're actually stopping yourself. You're slowing yourself down. Watch kids run. Watch Olympians run the marathon. You see, they've got pretty short strides. They do not run with the really long stride. A lot of Olympians actually look like they're running with a much longer stride only because um, they have very long legs. Uh, a lot of Olympians are physically different than most of us, so they're going to have they're going to have much longer. They're going to look like they have much longer strides, and they really don't. Their strides are probably a lot shorter than ours. But we, in order for us to go faster, to keep up with them, we have the longer stride. Unfortunately, the longer stride means we're probably breathing less and we, we actually can't go that much longer. I can't go very long with that, that type of pace. Um, the other problem is there's this thing called pronation. And what pronation is, is when you land on the side, a lot of people do one of two things. They overpronate or they underpronate. Underpronate is when someone lands on the inside of their foot and they actually land uh, and they actually roll from the inside. So if you take if you take a look at your ankles, your ankles, it's almost like your um, uh, knock kneed. All right. That's underpronation and overpronation, which is what most people actually do, is actually landing on the outsides of your feet. Very few people land completely on the middle of their foot. Very few people land. They either overpronate, most overpronate, or they underpronate. This is normal. Now, there are examples where someone does it too much. I mean, you can overdo it, but because of uh, physiological problems. But the fact of the matter is, um, most people do it one way or the other, and this is normal. It's, the, it's normal for the body. If people stayed out of shoes and just let their feet be their feet, they wouldn't have these problems. Because they would develop their muscles, their uh, tendons, their um, uh, tendons, their ligaments. They would all adjust. They would all strengthen, and they would all adjust. And you could overpronate or underpronate; it wouldn't matter. Your foot's going to deal with it. But it's just running makes it stronger. Like doing a push-up. You do enough push-ups, eventually you're going to be able to do lots of push-ups. Same thing with the the feet. Shoes prevent that. One of the most common injuries, and this is one that I've always had, was um, one of the most common injuries I had was something called plantar fasciitis. And what plantar fasciitis is, and I hear this from a lot of people, and I tell them the same thing. Go out and stop wearing shoes. Go out and walk barefoot or with socks or something. That has zero drop. That has very, really limits. But plantar fascia, uh, plantar is actually a muscle that extends from the bottom of your toes all the way across your heel. And it meets the Achilles tendon, which is in the back of the ankle. 
and what happens with the plantar and the shoes? Shoes prevent, all shoes, dress shoes, things like that, prevent the foot from actually moving and stretching that plantar. Okay, so your strike, your, you may not even notice it, but your gait has changed so much that your foot is just not moving. Uh, we're going to talk, I'm, I'm going on to the Dave rule. So I'm not going to be able to finish this. So we're going to have a part three, and it's going to be tomorrow. I'll, I'll actually do it tomorrow. I haven't checked the news out. I don't know what's going on, but we're going to do the, the last part tomorrow. Um, th the plantar fasciitis is really, it's just a painful, chronic uh, condition. It's not something that is going to injure you forever. Rarely does it do that. Sometimes people can tear their plantar, it, but very rarely. It's kind of like the Achilles. The Achilles, when it hurts, it hurts bad. Okay, but the Achilles are, is a really thick tendon. So it's really hard to rip. When people rip uh, the Achilles, usually they're athletes. Um, that's a very serious, very painful. And same thing with the plantar. Plantar is a very painful condition. Um, the... But it is simply because the plantar has atrophied. The plantar has actually stopped um, stretching. It's made to stretch. So when you when you bend your toes, the plantar actually bends with it. And I can now I can actually bend my toes. I can pick up I can pick up um, tennis, I can pick pick up ping pong balls with my toes because I'm so loose with my feet. And I've needed to change the way the shoes that I wear so that they allow that kind of movement. They're, it's very comfortable, a little uncomfortable at first because you may not be used to it. And as you're walking around, your plantar begins to stretch out and it hurts. But the reality is you're actually, it's just like doing a push-up and the next day your muscles are sore. It's something you just got to get used to. And stop overcompensating with with your shoes. So that's the problem with shoes. So when I was about uh, 38, I was going through pain again. I had just finished a, a, a half marathon and I was in pain. I decided, you know what, it's time to, it's time to change the way I run. It's time to change my shoes. It's time to just take a completely different view on how I treat my feet because all my pain was based off my feet. That is what I got out of Born to Run. 300 pages, and the only thing I learned was take care of your freaking feet. And so I've started doing that. And what we're going to do tomorrow is we're going to talk about my shoes. And then uh, the shoes I wear day to day, you know, I go to work, I wear a certain pair of shoes. I, I go to, uh, I go out dancing, I wear a certain pair of shoes. I don't dance. But, I mean, it, it, if I'm going out and looking nice, I wear a per certain pair of shoes. If I, I've got casual day, I wear a certain pair of shoes. When I run, I will wear a certain pair of shoes. I will wear sandals. Yes, I run with sandals. I'll walk barefoot, though I'm not a big fan of it. We'll talk about that tomorrow. And then what we're going to also talk about is why I got emotional uh, day before yesterday. Why did I get so emotional? It's because 
somebody did something really nice for me, completely unexpected, in one of the darker times of my life, and it was very much appreciated. Maybe not appreciated enough, actually. And I think he listens to these podcasts, he's probably going to figure it out. So, I'm going to be a little short of the Dave rule, but there is no possible way I can actually continue this on. So, uh, you can listen to my podcast, uh, listen or download to my podcast at, uh, on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. You can visit my website at www dumbassestalkingpolitics.com will have a lot of personal stuff my picture eventually I'll stick up there my picture is actually not there yet uh, we will also I will also have a review I'm going to post a review of uh, Born to Run I have a review already written it was written a long time ago but, but I'll actually post it on the website so you can read that Tomorrow is going to be important because tomorrow I'm going to show you all the different types of shoes and how to actually make yourself a pair of running. I'll have a video on how to make yourself a pair of running sandals, harachis, which is something I also learned from Born to Run. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. And now you know exactly why my handle is RunninFool. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll talk again tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.